Here we go. Episode 31 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri. I am Michael Merlo. This is a massive, massive episode. JM, how are you doing? Massive episode. Couldn't have said it better yourself. I'm just excited I, to, to get to get it rolling. I think this is the biggest episode ever of the Hardline Sports Talk. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm it, going that it, far. Who doesn't love talking football? So well, there's so much drama all over the place. I mean, you got the Mets breaking everybody's hearts. You got the Yankees falling off a little bit here, and then you got the start of the football season. I mean, come on, there couldn't we're be more drama. The prime time of sports right now life yeah of life yeah oh because weather's it's getting better it's my birth month exactly yeah right our birthdays are coming up yep. it, it, exactly it's the prime you know just life so um <laughs> we're going to start with some baseball today because um you know it's what we do and we're gonna get to our nfl predictions i mean everything division you know, team by team, division by division, who's going to get in the playoffs, who's not, our playoff bracket, and the awards for this year. I'm just I, – I, I can't contain my excitement. Neither can I. I mean – And I'm in my I'm in my throwback uh, Victor Cruz number 80 jersey. Yeah. It's great. I got uh, – I don't know if we can see it here. I got the, the Zach Wilson t-shirt on today. So it's a good looking man on that shirt. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good looking, good looking man wearing a good looking man shirt. Yep. Oh, oh. all right. He went there. I'm just saying. Yeah. By the way, amazing party last night at the Masiri house. I yeah. mean, just an absolute banger. Somehow you made it to work this morning. I really don't know how, but I, I went to bed at about one o'clock. Had a few sodas, and I woke up at like six fifty. Went to work at seven. It was you know it was easy. Yeah, you told me the same could, thing. Uh, tomorrow. You could what run a marathon or something like that? You said. Well, I think that was an exaggeration. If I said that last night, it was. De- I mean, I couldn't run a marathon right now. Yeah, I couldn't run a marathon to, on ten hours of sleep. Yeah. So. That's all right. Let's get right into it. Well, let's right, get yeah, it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, you know, my dad was telling me I keep flip flopping, you know, back and forth, whether I love the Mets, hate the Mets, believe in the Mets. This is where I'm at. This is my stance. I love the Mets. I'll live and die with the Mets. I'll never, my support will never waver. I don't think this team is making the playoffs. Can they prove me wrong? Of course. Could they? Yeah. Will I be happy if they do? Sure. But they're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to support them, but I'm not going to get myself excited again. And it's not just because of this loss. Listen, there are a lot of things, but Edwin Diaz, you know, not being able to shut a game down in September is is becoming a thing. He didn't do it in 2019. Um, He completely collapsed. He only has a nine ERA in Nationals Park in 12 appearances. Oh, my God. Well, He's got a 20 ERA game, in that game LA. in 2019 when they collapsed and Kurt Suzuki hit that three-run shot or whatever. He was on the mound that, that inning. He he didn't start the inning, but he came in and gave up the, the three-run shot. Right, they're up five. So yeah, it's just it was a heartbreaker today. And listen, they had opportunities to score, but DS can't walk two guys in the inning. You know that that cannot happen. 
So, yeah, the blame goes on Diaz because those two guys that he came around to score, I don't want to hear the, you know, excuses being made. And I'm a Diaz supporter, but I don't want to hear the excuses. Oh, well, they didn't score enough. No, your closer didn't come in and, and shut the door down. If he wants to be considered, a, you know, a good closer in this league, you, you got to do that. And I understand the heart of the batting order was coming up, but it's the Washington Nationals. You got to slam the door there. Give this team a much needed win. Go two games over 500 pick up a half a game in the division because the Braves weren't playing. It's just, it was a tough loss. And again, I'm not going to overreact and say, oh, because they lost this game. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I just think that this is going to be too tough, especially if there's going to be losses like this. Yeah, you know, I agree. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I think they had their opportunity to make the playoffs. They didn't capitalize when the division was really bad. And, you know, they could have kind of, Build a, built a sizable lead in the division. They didn't do that. And I think at the time we thought they were a better team than they were. Clearly, clearly they're not. Um, Javier Baez actually hasn't been that bad. Not bad. He's been great. He's been playing pretty good for them. Um, but he is very inconsistent. He could, he could end up having terrible stats with the Mets by the end. There's still about a month of baseball left, so you don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I agree. I don't think this team's going anywhere. I think they're obviously still in it because of the weakness of the division. Um, that's their only shot. If they somehow did get into the playoffs, they, they have gonna, a chance to wild card. They're not going to go. They're not. Oh, that is true. The they're like the Padres, four games out of the, the wild Padres card. Faded. The the Reds, you know, weren't aren't anything special. So they do have a decent shot at that too, but. If they do get in the playoffs, I don't think they're going anywhere unless Jacob DeGrom comes back and pitches every single game for them. Um, that would be nice. Yeah, but we've talked about this team for months, and it's kind of the same story. They, they, they're they inconsistent. They're streaky. I, that comes hand-in-hand hand with the players, obviously. The players are streaky. Conforto's streaky. Baez has even been a little streaky, but – like we said, he's been good streaky lately. Um, Lindor, nothing great out of him. So that's what this team is. They're just they're mediocre, and they're only in it because of the weakness of the division. That's it. Baez's numbers compared to his teammates that were traded are actually better. I saw that, else. yeah. Um, he's grown on me, a guy that I hated a week ago today is now really uh, warming up to me. He's played very well. Uh, He plays defense really well. He plays hard. Um, And I respect that. And the the one thing I always – this is the thing. And I have went on record saying I don't want him back. But if he's going to be that guy he was in that MVP season or even the season after that, not the the year he came in second, sorry, not the MVP season. He's got he was getting on base at like two two eighty. Like that's what he was getting on base all season. If he can get that to like 310, 320, if he can get the batting average up over 250, and you know, the same production, you know, offense and, and RBIs, home runs, RBIs, I can live with that. I I, I really do. I can't, right. especially with the defense. When he gets on base, he's dangerous on the base paths. I can deal with that. I can't deal with the under 300 on base. But we'll see what happens in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see how he plays the rest of the way. And if they they do go after him, as of right now, I 
if listen, he asked me last week, I would have said no. But if he keeps playing well, they're going to have to, you know, at least entertain the fact that they could bring him back. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's they're going to feel pressure to do that because they got him as a rental. And, you know, let's say they don't make the playoffs. Are they going to now say we need to resign him? We think he's good, but especially because we don't want to have just traded for this guy, miss the playoffs, and then he leaves. So it's basically not worth it at all. You know, do they do, they do that? I think that's irresponsible if that's the reason they sign him. Yeah, obviously, you just sign him if you think he's a good player for your baseball team. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, his on-base numbers are very low. Um, he's actually oh, – what was the stat? Juan Soto has been intentionally walked more than Baez has walked this year or something like that. That's something. Um. So, yeah, but listen, you, th- that's the type of player he is. You take it – you take the good with the bad. He's a guy who he's, – he's a free swinger, but when he makes contact, the ball goes a long way. So, you uh, you can deal with it, like you said, as long as those numbers don't get too low. And a 280 on base, that that's too low. We need – you need those numbers to be at least 310, in my opinion, 320 on base, something like that. Um, yeah, he's a good player. He does a lot of things right. He's a great defender. Like you said, danger. Anywhere you put him. Yes, he can play multiple positions, but we'll see. I don't know um, what the the blueprint is for this team, the way they want it to be built up, but do they want to throw – I don't know how much money he's going to be asking for, um, but do they want to throw over $20 million to a Javier Baez? We'll see. We'll see. The Mets have one of the most important off seasons. I would say the most important off season in franchise in their franchise's history coming right. up, right? Because of the new owner and just everything going on. I, you know, the Mets and the Yankees, both of them have very good. Um, I, I I think I don't know about you. I think they have very good beat reporters. You know, writers. A lot of the Met beat reporters were uh, having a lot of fun with the fact that the Mets are 69 and 69. I mean, like a lot of fun, like to the point where I was weirded out (laughs) slightly. I mean, like way too much. I mean, these are grown men having way too much fun at the fact that they are 69 (laughs) and 69. But for the first time, and like we're kids, we can joke about it. Right. For the first time in, in franchise history, the Mets are 69 and 69. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's not good. How can it be good? It's not it's not a great record. It's not a great record, but it's funny at least. It's funny. I don't yeah. I don't care. I'd rather us be 80 and 50. Oh, that would be nice. Right. That, that would really be nice. That's about what the uh the Milwaukee Brewers are right now. That's actually what the Blue Jays should be, according to their expected oh win total. Yeah. 80 and 55. Oh. Let's not talk about the Blue Jays right now, huh? Do you, you want to? Are we done with the Mets here? How long? Yeah, have we, been we're, on? we said we're yeah. just touching quick. We're, we're breezing by baseball show, but we got We can't sweep the New York baseball teams under the rug right now. We're in the middle of, uh, you know, September baseball. So the Mets are going to go to Miami for three, and they come home for what is going to be an emotional three-game set with the New York Yankees Subway Series at City Field. So we'll talk about that more on Thursday, I think, because I think we'll know a lot more. It'll be uh, more fluid. So we're definitely going to break that series down next week. Uh, Not next week, on Thursday. But uh, let's switch over to the other side of town. The New York Yankees lose today 8 to nothing to the Toronto Blue Jays, who are starting to climb up the standings in the wild card and the division, even though they're not going to have a chance in the division. 
but they're really climbing up that wild card. Um, like I just said, their expected win total is 80 and 55 with their um, run differential, which has been off the charts all season long. Uh, they're an interesting team. They're, I think they're the most fun team to watch in baseball. I think they're dangerous. I think they're very, I think they're very dangerous. They are very dangerous. That lineup is extremely dangerous. I, I don't want to play them, but I want to hear you view because I've been asking you, I've, I've even been asking your brother, you know, how do you feel about them? Would you rather play them in the Red Sox? And I would rather play the Red Sox because I don't want to face this Toronto Blue Jays team. Yeah, honestly, uh, in a one game playoff, uh, I might agree with you there because that bolt, that lineup is lethal. I mean, you talk about George Springer and Bo Bichette, Semyon, Vlad, Teoscar Hernandez, five guys right there. Just Lourdes Gurriel. Lethal. Lourdes Gurriel, yeah, he's having a solid year. Nothing to, you know, get too scared about. But those five guys I just said are all-star caliber hitters. Um, and then you have Robbie Ray, who isn't going down yet for the Cy Young race, just had a dominant performance the other day, six and two-thirds. 10 strikeouts, one hit, no runs. So, yeah, I mean, the bullpen's not the greatest, but uh, they got Brad Hand or was hoping that he would be good. He just got DFA'd. Um, he's a Met now, now. Now he's a Met, yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that's a weakness of this team right now and maybe the back end of the rotation. But, yeah, one-game playoff, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. I'd be scared of them. You're right. Robbie Ray, I think it's a two per, as of right now, it's a two person race for that AL Cy Young. It's Garrett Cole and it's Robbie Ray. Yeah, he looks Robbie Ray like we had said last episode. He's taken over the uh strikeout per nine record. Yeah, he's also taken over um the tightest pants in MLB history. Oh, yeah, Robbie Ray. Remember, we went to the Blue Jays Yankee game, the doubleheader yeah. in May. He Dude, pitched right. He, we, he's got to be at least two sizes down on the pants. He he wears those like yoga pants. He yeah. really likes those. So take it easy, Robbie. I mean, I know you'd be working out those quads, but oh, you, know, you don't gotta be. It looks like body paint. What are you worried he's gonna steal your girl or something? <laughs> um, can we talk about this for a second? Why is Andrew Heaney tossing batting practice and meaningful games in September and Luis Heel is sitting know. in AAA twiddling his thumbs? I would, like I just said, I don't know. I would love to talk about it, but I just don't, like, there's no, I can't give you a rebuttal. I can't be like, oh, well, Heaney, there's, there is no answer. He should be, Luis Heel should be on the team. Andrew Heaney should be DFA'd. I mean, the guy's oh. freaking terrible. Um, he had one good start against the Red Sox. That was it. He had three bad starts, and then he just imploded out of the bullpen against the Baltimore Orioles. Dropped two out of three against the team who – that's literally the Rays lead in the division, the Orioles. Yeah. The Rays are 18-1 and one against the Orioles, and I believe we're 9-7, and 9-8, and eight, something like that. It's disgusting. That's crazy. That, that really is crazy. Um, the Rays – listen, they, they took advantage of the bad teams. In a big way. I can't believe that that's the advantage in the division. Like, that's the exact number. Just about. I think the Yankees are like eight back, eight and a half back right now. And the Rays, you know, are 18 and one. And then the Yankees are nine and eight or whatever against the uh, Orioles. That's about nine games, whatever. Yeah, you're right. 
we were at the game on Friday, uh, Friday night against the Orioles. Uh, they, the Yankees went, you know, four, four innings without a hit. And they didn't look great. They won the game in extras. They, they were pretty close to getting swept by the Orioles at home. Yeah, you're right. They they very well could have lost that game that we went to the first game of the series. Not good. Nope. So, I don't know. The, the, it really is true. We get reminded of it every single year. Baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. And one, one moment the Yankees are terrible. They go on a 13-game win streak, and it's we're talking World Series, and now they're hitting another skid right now, and it's it's time to say, oh, do we even have this wild card locked up right now? So it's uh the baseball season is a roller coaster. Let me tell you, I think you got the wild card. I like I know it's mathematically it doesn't seem locked up, it doesn't feel locked up. I think you're gonna get it. I don't think Boston's got it under control. I think Boston's going to lose it to Toronto. But uh, listen, we'll see. Boston's ahead ahead of you guys right now, right? Um, no, they just lost the race today, so they're not. Oh, okay. That that was a crazy game. Two inside the park home runs. Yeah. Uh, terrible for Boston. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're uh, just weeping over there for the. Yeah, Boston we're a half fans. game up on Boston. Look at that. And how about I'm, the Seattle Mariners saying, "Hey." Guess who's back? They're What's their to, record? They're seventy-five and sixty-three. They just overtook the. They just overtook the A's. They, wow. Um, them and Toronto are both three games back of the log card. That's unbelievable. They got smoked tonight, though. Yeah. Eleven to two by the Astros. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, we diving in. You want to dive in? No break. No break. I mean, the, oh, we got a break. You want to break now and then just go football for an hour? What do you mean? What did you What did you want to do? All right, go to break. I mean, oh. we, we got to pay the bill somehow. Yeah, that's true. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, quick. and then we're gonna come back, and then we're gonna do our NFL predictions. You got an hour long of us. We're very excited. Right after this, the S and podcast channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. John Michael Masiri, Michael Merlo, episode 31. We are back for the predictions. What everybody has been waiting for, the NFL Predictions, we're going to start off with the AFC East. We're going to go through the divisions. We're going to give our playoff teams. Then we're going to do awards and then the playoff bracket to see who we got winning it all. Super excited. Do you want to – how do you want to do this? We should have spoke about this in the break. Do you want to go (laughs) first? Like, so you want to, like, do one, I'll do one. How are we going to do this? Um. I think we're pretty good at this. We could just kind of go with the flow here. Um, All right. I want to hear – we'll do um, – I'll say my standings, you say your standings, and then we'll dive right in. Okay, sounds good. All right. You so can go first. I got the Bills winning the division. I got them 11 and 6. Okay. I got, I got the Dolphins in second, 10 and 7. Wow. I got the Patriots in third, also 10 and 7, but I guess the tiebreaker, I put it into that predictor thing, so it breaks it all down. And then I got my uh, 
my New York Jets, I got a little optimistic here. I went seven and ten. I think that's their ceiling. Uh, maybe eight wins is their ceiling. Like really, if they just click everywhere as their ceiling, but it ended up seven and ten. Surprisingly, though, I had them going zero and six in the division. Wow. So a lot of out of the division wins. They really have a decently easy schedule outside of the division with the Eagles and the Bengals and the Jaguars. They play teams like that. So seven and ten for the Jets. Could see that, you know, that's five and twelve, whatever, but that's what I ended up with. What about you? All right. I got the Buffalo Bills coming in at first, going 13 and four. I've got the New England Patriots coming in sixth. Second, you mean? Second, six. You know why I said six? Because next to it, because they're the six seed. In second, I got the Patriots at 11 and six. In third place, this is going to shock you. I got the Dolphins at seven and 10. Wow. I don't think the Dolphins play a favorable schedule as I went through. And I only got them two wins in the division. I mean, I guess that could be more, but. That's how I see it playing out. And then I got your Jets at 6-11. and 11. I think it's a good year. I'm with you with the division. I only got them winning one in-division game. Okay. So you're right. You're definitely right about that, um, the uh, schedule outside of the division. It's, it's not terrible at all. So 6-11, and 11, I think the Jets are going to have a really good year. Right. I've been saying that. I, I think they're going to click. Right. I think it's going to work offensively. I think defensively they're going to be atrocious. I think the defensive line will be good. I don't think they're going to be. But, atro- I think their pass defense might be be atrocious, but it all depends on how that pass rush is. If the pass rush is good, then the the pass defense might not be as bad because you know it it takes a little pressure off the corners. But I don't think it'll be. It might. It's it's not going to be a, a top ten defense. Obviously, it's not going to be a top fifteen. Might not even be top twenty. It's be a bottom ten. I don't think it's going to be like a bottom five, bottom three, like atrocious defense. I don't think it'll be that bad. We will see. So, yeah, I, again, six wins. I think it's fair. I think that's a good season. Too. So, we I think, both I think agree you the Bills are going to win the division. I know you're very high on the Bills this year. You have them with 13 yes. wins. I have them with 11. Yes. Um, yeah, I think the Bills are a legit team. They have a legit quarterback, obviously. I think they might take a little step back. Obviously, they won – well, they won 12 games last year, 13. Yeah. 12 games, I think. Um, I think it was I have, 12. I'll I have look. them winning one less, and then obviously it's a 17-game schedule now, so two more losses. Um, I, I think they're a great team, uh, but I, I could see them taking a small step back. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen's going to take a step back, but I could just see the team. I think they kind of struck lightning in a bottle last year. Um, and they've had a little bit of drama with COVID and stuff like that. So I don't know how that's going to stack up. But, um, yeah, I have them winning the division. And I think 11 wins is a fair assessment. Very nice. Let's move on to the AFC North. Wait, hold on one second. 10 and 7 for the Patriots. I don't want to, like, spoil anything. Is that playoffs or no? Um. I'll let you know when we uh, – Okay. Okay. We're going to move on to the AFC North. JM, please take it away. All right. AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning the division at an astounding record of 14-3. and Wow. Then I have the uh, Cleveland Browns coming second at 11-6. and Then in Mike Tomlin's first ever losing season in Pittsburgh, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going six and 11. 
And finally, to round it out, I have the Cincinnati Bengals going 4-13. and 13. You know what's really funny about that? And um, we're right on par there. Not with the exact records, but when I f- – so we both use the same app on our computer in which we – you know, you pick every single game and then it puts it to records and it seeds for you. So that's how we get our records. But when I first did it, I had the Steelers at 6-11. and 11. And I was like, that's a little too low. Right. So I went back. I changed some things. So you're, you'll, you'll see what I have them at now. Okay. So, but we're on par here. I got the I got the Baltimore Ravens winning the division. I got them at 12 and 5. I think they're legit. I, I think I've been pretty wrong about Lamar. Um, I've been wrong about Lamar, you know, for the present. Not the future. I, I don't think he's gonna last. I don't think he'll but, last. Yeah, I think his arm's decent to last, but yeah, I don't I don't he's not gonna be scrambling for twelve hundred yards every year. Right. In second place, I do have the Cleveland Browns eleven and six. I think they win the division by one game. I think the Browns are legit. They got great offensive line, you know, you know the deal. And that in their first losing season under Mike Tomlin, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight and nine. So I, I, I gave him two more wins. I, I was I like, don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, I, I, the problem with the app we used is great. The only problem is over an NFL season, like when you say, oh, I think this team's going to do this record, it's easier because you know there's going to be a little parity along the way. Some they'll, Someone will lose a game against a team they're not supposed to lose to. That's right. just how it works. But when you go individually and pick every single game, it's hard to be like, Oh, this is a trap game, or they're gonna lose this one. Like, you know, the the whatever the stupid computer. You don't um, know the feeling, like you don't you, know exactly, exactly. So it's harder to. I would say the range of my picks, like the non-playoff teams, probably have worse records than they actually will. Like, I don't have a lot of like eight and nine win teams. It's either like ten plus or seven or under. Right. Like there are a few teams here where it's like give or take, like like yeah. the Giants. I think the Giants could lose two more games or win two more games. Right. But like th- that's how I have the Giants in, yeah. in this. But we'll get to that in a little bit. And then I have the Bengals rounding out 4-13. I think they're going to be abysmal. I think this is not good for Joe Burrow, just considering the fact that they have no offensive line, that Zach Taylor is going to get fired. They're, they're going to have issues. I think Burrow's good. Don't get me wrong, but I – Listen, this is not good having to go through another coach and a terrible offensive line. This is not good for uh, Joe Burrow. And, you know, um, well, what do you mean with another coach? He's got the same coach. You think He's going to have another coach, yeah. Oh, okay. This is, yeah. This is dumb. Um, yeah, and then just going back to the Steelers, like the Steelers are obviously they're a well-coached team. Mike Tomlin, like we just said, he hasn't had a losing season. But I just think it's an aging, you know, with Big Ben, he's way out of his prime, and that offensive line still hasn't really been fixed. Um, there's some question marks on that defense. They lost some key players on the defense, kind of lost a lot of depth there. Uh, and who knows if they're going to be able to perform the way they did last year. And and we saw the Steelers kind of seem like a fake team. You know, we were talking about them going undefeated at one point. They were 11-0. And then they end up dropping the last five out of six or something in the regular season. Yep. And um, and they lose in the first round of the Browns in a game where they got absolutely demolished, made a little close, made a little bit of a game at the end. But yeah, Steelers not loving them. And then um, Browns, 
I think they'll be great again, but I think this is the Ravens division. I think it's the Ravens division too. I think like I was saying with the Browns, they got a great offensive line. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball. They've got the weapons. Can Baker, you know, excel if Baker, I think Baker is more of a game manager type guy, slightly better. If he can take that next step and prove me wrong, take that, you know, Josh Allen next step with the weapons and the line that he has, they they can win the division. They could be a Super Bowl team with that defense. Oh, 100%. But I don't, I don't think he's going to take that next step. Okay. So um, that, that's my prediction. There. You know, this might be, besides Zach Taylor, this might be the, the best coach division in football. Oh, I mean, yeah. Kevin Stefanski won the coach of the year last year. Mike Tomlin's a well-respected. I, I When we made that list a couple months ago, I, I think I might have had him on the top five, maybe right outside of it. And yep. then and then John Harbaugh. Um, another he was really sitting in our top three, top five, coach. easily. So that's a, that's a really good coach division. And why do you think all those teams are always in it? You know, except the Browns. The Browns is a new thing, obviously. But the Steelers and the Ravens are always in the mix. It's always it's always a tough division either way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the AFC South. Okay. Um, uh, you're going to start. Yes. Yeah. I have the Tennessee Titans winning the division at 12 and 5. Wow. I have the Indianapolis Colts coming in second at 11 and 6. Wow. Then I have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in third at two and 15. There we go. And then to round it out, somehow you go two and 15, you finish third when the Houston Texans are in your division, you do it. Uh, Texans one and 16. There you go. I think I'll do it. Be absolutely dreadful. Well, I mean, when you got Tyrod Taylor starting 17 games for you, that may happen. Yep. And they're also a, a washed-up running back factory now. Marcus yes, Brown, David, David Johnson. Johnson. Even I mean, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Up, but it's just like all these like guys that they pulled in from all these teams and that hey, they like the, the Texans. Rex Burke. It's like the it's like the thrift shop. It's like yeah, you know, here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to throw this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll take it. We'll take yeah. your garbage. Yeah. <laughs> What's all right. Your, uh, how you stacking up here? So you knew, you know, I've said it multiple times how high I am on the the Colts, right? Mm. I need to take a step back. I'm not as high on the Colts as I was. Okay. So I have the Indianapolis, uh, excuse me, the Tennessee Titans winning the division at nine and eight. Wow. I then have Jesus Christ. The Colts finishing nine and eight as well, but missing the playoffs, you know, division. I think the Titans will have the upper hand on the Colts. Colts miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Then I have coming in third place, the Jacksonville Jaguars, three and 14. And then in fourth place, the Houston Texans at two and 15. I found them two wins. I don't know how I did it. But yet, the thing with the Colts is, listen, Wentz, Wentz is – let's just go to this vaccine thing. I think that if you're an NFL player, you, you should get it because there's too much risk involved. And you're really, really, really hurting your team, especially if you're the quarterback. Oh, yeah. 
so there's a chance when misses a game here, there could be some BS thing or somebody he was with tested positive. And since he's not vaccinated, he's got to miss that game. Yeah. That's not a good thing. So with me, Wentz is also just not hurt, not injured. He's always injured. Excuse me. I think that this is going to hold them back here. I think they got a really good roster. I, I, I truly believe that. But I think they're going to just miss the playoffs. I'm a little down on the Colts as I was to begin the year. Yeah, I agree. I was a little more down on the Colts here. Obviously, I still have them putting up a respectable record of 11-6. and six. Um, I think that roster is a little more flawed than we think. Uh, they made the playoffs last year, but I don't think they're ready to take that step to be a true like Super Bowl contender, like you were saying earlier in the offseason. Um yeah, I think uh, ride receivers, they can improve at. The defense could use some certain improvements. Even the uh, – we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback play. Like you said, with Wentz between the COVID and then him just as a player, how is he going to perform in Indianapolis? I want to just touch on the Titans because I kind of did what you did. Like, I was higher on the Colts in the beginning of the offseason – and then I kind of flip-flopped, and I was low on the Titans, but now I kind of flip-flopped. I'm feeling better about the Titans, and I think that defense isn't great. I, th- I think it'll hold – It's actually up. atrocious. I don't think it could get worse than it was last year, even with the loss of Adoree Jackson. I just don't see, like, it getting much worse. He didn't even play that well last year anyways, Adoree Jackson. But I want to touch on Julio Jones here because I hear people talking about – Julio Jones, and they're not that high on him this year, and they don't think he's going to be that well. And even, you know, they think, oh, he's not going to get that many uh, receptions. He's not going to put up a great line because it's a run-heavy offense and this and that. You really think the Tennessee Titans would have spent a first-round pick on Julio Jones if they weren't going to incorporate him in some sort of role that's going to be highly productive? Like, I really would not be surprised if he ends up finishing with the more yards than A.J. Brown this year. I really don't think that's – I mean, I think he's a better receiver when healthy than A.J. Brown is anyways. So, I think he's going to help that offense out phenomenally. Uh, It's already a high-powered offense. I think he'll help out Tannehill even more. And now you have to worry about three absolute studs in A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. So, that offense could be lethal. They might get in some shootouts, but – I think they're going to be good. I think the way they're able to run the ball, you know, they're going to ha- they're going to be good on the outside. Obviously, I think Julio is going to take a step back. I think the injuries have caught up to him. I don't think he's going to be a bad receiver, but I don't think he's going to be Julio. I think that's AJ Brown's um, receiving core there. I-, I think he's going to have the better year. I'm a big AJ Brown fan though, and I and you know again when you're able to run the ball and control the out the control the clock. It kind of reminds me of that Dallas Cowboys team that won the division with with Dak as a rookie and Zeke as a rookie. You know, they didn't have a great defense, but they ended up winning 12 games. I don't think that's going to be the case for the Titans. But, I listen, nine, ten wins, I I could definitely see that in them getting a a playoff berth and a division uh, berth because I don't think the division is very good. We don't really need to touch on the Jags and the Texans too hard, but – yeah, two teams where the Jags, you know, they got Trevor Lawrence, they got a new head coach, uh, lots of draft capital still. So this is definitely a rebuilding thing for them. I don't see any potential in them winning a large amount of games unless Trevor Lawrence literally has the greatest rookie season ever. 
Yeah. Um, and the Texans are just absolutely putrid. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback. They have the Deshaun Watson problem. They Don't disrespect it. Cap space nightmares. Uh, David Culley's their new head coach. That's already a questionable hire. It's just the Texans are just like an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. Let's move on to the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're up first. All right. Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs won the division for the however many many times. Whatever it is. Um, 15 and 2 for the Chiefs. Okay, very nice. Uh, coming in second, 11 and 6, Los Angeles Chargers. Coming in third, 5 and 12, Denver Broncos. And coming in fourth, 5 and 12, Las Vegas Raiders. There you go. TFC West for you. All right. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the one seed, going 14 and three. In second place, I've got Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers going 10 and seven. In third place, I've got the Denver Broncos finishing seven and 10. And in fourth place, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders, six and 11. I'm not loving the way, if you want to be honest, I'm happy with the way my division stacked up. But in terms of the win totals, take that with a grain of salt just because I'm noticing these numbers are a little inflated. I think the Chargers yeah. are like a 9-10 win team. I don't think they're an 11-win team. Even the Titans, I'd give the Titans like 11 wins, the Colts 10. But like I said, when I put it in this little thing, that's what happened. I'm not going to lie to you. I understand what you're saying. Because it happened to me, and I went back and I made changes to like real to really try and make these realistic. But don't the the Chargers' schedule is pretty easy. Yeah, if they won is. eleven games, it would not shock me. I I noticed that it is a very easy schedule, and you know Herbert's a stud, man. I think he's gonna yeah. have another great season. Um, new head coach, hopefully. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley, is that his name? Am I getting that right? Yes, the defensive coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. Right. Um, so he should help out, Better be better than Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was, like, awful his last year coaching with the Chargers. Um, and, yeah, I'm expecting big things out of the Chargers. I think there's going to be a high-powered offense. I'm very excited to watch my boy, Justin Herbert, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I you know, I think Denver – you can even flip flop Denver for me and and Vegas. I think Vegas can have that seven and ten record too, right. and Denver finish six and eleven. I don't like their quarterback situation out there in Denver. I think the fact that they're starting Teddy Bridgewater is such a mess. It's clearly Vic um, Vic Vangio coaching for his job here. Yeah. Like Vic's got it. Listen, we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. He's a bridge quarterback. Right. You know he's no he's intended, a game or... manager. What? No pun intended or. No pun intended. You you need to figure out. I mean, listen, people think Drew Locke's a bust, but we need to figure out what Drew Locke's got. Right. And starting Teddy Bridgewater does not do that. So I think this is a miss here. This is clearly Vic Vangio trying to coach for his job. So, listen, I could see them finishing in last as well. And the Raiders, listen, I'm, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I've tried to defend this, you know, Raiders, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, you know, whole situation. But they haven't drafted well from what it looks like. And. It's just been a failure over there, I think. I feel like the Raiders are, like, stuck in this, like, pit of mediocrity where they, like, they can't really go anywhere. And the, I think 
Carr's mediocre. You know, uh, I'm not. I think Carr's mediocre. I'm not the biggest Derek Carr guy. Uh, I think he's way too, I think he's way too inconsistent. Uh, he's he, he's put up seasons where all you use an MVP talks, and then other ones where it's like this is mediocre. Um, I, I'd say he's slightly above average, but then again, when you look at the quarterbacks in this league, there's a lot of freaking good quarterbacks. Uh, he's probably maybe top 15. I don't know. I'd have to look at everybody, but um, yeah, the Raiders have made some really questionable draft decisions. They had the Alex Leatherwood pick this year, which a lot of people thought that was a reach, including me. I mean, no one even saw that coming. Um, the Cleveland Farrell pick a couple of years ago, him yep. overall. I mean, my God, was that a reach? We were, we were talking about him as a, a top 20 pick, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that was a reach. And then uh, they also picked Jonathan Abram that year. Um maybe a little bit of a reach but yeah they haven't they haven't drafted well you're right and uh that's all i think this team is i don't think they're coming close to a playoff spot and they're in a a division with two teams that are way better than them especially the chiefs i mean we don't even have to talk about the chiefs we know how good the chiefs are they're not you know the thing is though the raiders play the chiefs very well they do they beat them last year actually i remember that yeah and they should have beat them a second time mm-hmm. so I, I think i have them beating the chiefs once i think yeah. it happens there's always a lot. there's always and that's you kind of just proved what i was talking about before there's always that like trap game in the division or something like that and it's hard to predict those so uh i try i try my best to predict those right i put a couple right. of those in there i got a couple of upsets and this and that but there you go there you go i mean Listen, it happens, and that's mm-hmm. why it's the most exciting sport out there. Let's move over to the NFC, though. Very excited to see the NFC side of things. We're going to start in the NFC East. You mind, mind if I go first? Yeah, t- take the floor. Let's go. Yeah, the NFC is mine. All right. Coming in first place, I've got the Dallas Cowboys at 10-7. and seven. I think this is the best team in the division. I think they're going to have a very high-powered offense. Um, the defense will be good enough. I think they'll be able to run the ball. They have a good offensive line and Dak coming back. I think Dak's going to be fine. I think he'll be good enough. Even if he still has something lingering, I I think he'll be good enough. So I'm going to go with Dallas. Number one, number two, I've got the Washington football team at nine and eight coming in third. I have my New York giants finishing eight and nine and coming in fifth. The worst team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, wow. Uh, Four and 13. All right. All right. Um, I got the Dallas Cowboys winning the division at 11 and six. I have the Washington football team coming in second at eight and nine. I have the New York Giants coming in third at seven and 10. And I have the Philadelphia Eagles coming in dead last at two and fifteen. Wow! Yeah, I had the Eagles at two and fifteen at first. I found two more wins for them because oh, it's very the nice schedule's game. pretty easy. The schedule's easy for them. Yeah. Dallas and the Eagles got the easier schedule. The Giants and the Redskins got um, screwed here. They they got the tougher schedules out of the four. So um, Eagles are poverty. We don't have to talk about them. Eagles are poverty. Um, they are just poverty. 
the Giants, we don't really have to cover much. We cover them all the time. Everybody knows how we feel about them. There's a lot of question right. marks on that team. This win total could sway, in my opinion, anywhere from five to ten wins. I, I yeah. You know, they, if, they, if everything clicks, they could be a, a potential wild card or something like that, or even the division, because who knows what's going to happen. It wasn't the greatest division last year. It might be the same case this year. But I'm a firm believer in the boys. I, I really like the I am, boys. too. I'm a firm believer in Dak Prescott. Um, I think this is going to be a really good offense, tons of weapons. Not the biggest Mike McCarthy guy, but I don't think he's also like Adam Gase level. Um, but, yeah, that de- that defense and the O-line, the O-line needs to stay healthy. Zach Martin's already out. He's got COVID issues. He's not going to be playing the Thursday night game. But I like me uh, some Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to be good. I've been saying it for a while. I think the the football team they got a tough schedule, but um we'll, we'll see we'll see um where they finish for me the nine and eight it's uh, it'll be close and I'm and like you said about the Giants situation that's it with the with the football team that defense is dynamite but that's why they have nine wins it's right. I think Gibson's phenomenal I think he's gonna be their best offensive player and. Listen, I think they'll get a couple of wins. You know, I think they'll beat up on the Eagles. Right. I, I think they'll be able to beat the Cowboys once here. They'll beat. I think they can beat the Giants once, obviously. So, listen, we'll see. I, I think, think they'll be good in of, division. I think they're one of those teams where you look at it and you're like, oh, if only that team had a great quarterback, how good would they be? Kind of like those old Jets teams that went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Great run game, great defense, and even good weapons, receivers. Like, if you look at the Redskins uh, – I'm sorry, the football team's – uh roster you're like this is a damn good roster even on the offensive end everybody wants to talk about the defense even on the offense you got antonio gibson you got terry mclaurin curtis samuel logan thomas like those are some legit weapons and they have a good old line but it's just ryan fitzpatrick like i don't know about that yeah neither do i so um we'll talk uh we'll break down the giants and the jets of course on Thursday before their big games coming up this weekend. Let's move over to the NFC North, though. We'll talk some Green Bay Packers right here. I've got them finishing number one in the division at 12 and five. Coming in second place, I've got the Minnesota Vikings finishing nine and eight. Coming in third, I've got the Chicago Bears six and 11. And coming in fourth, the Detroit Lions, exciting Detroit Lions. With Jared Goff at four and thirteen, very similar. Um, I have the Green Bay Packers winning the division at twelve and five. Wow. I have the Minnesota Vikings coming in second, eight and nine. Fine. The Chicago Bears five and twelve, and the Detroit Lions five and twelve. Yeah, um, thank you for the five and twelve with the Bears. That Giants pick will be really, really good yes, that's, next that's year. Good. Uh, they they do play a tough schedule. I don't think they're very good, but their schedule is not easy. Right. And that whole so quarterback I, situation with the, yeah. they're going to be like, do we, do we go to the young kid and try to develop him now? Or do we stick with Dalton? And it's, I don't know. I don't see it working. That's out. not a good situation over there because Ryan Pace drafts this guy. Right. And with Matt Nagy, of course, like, I don't know if they're trying to buy themselves a couple of more years here because I don't know which way the owner's going to go. Like, right. let's say Fields doesn't play until, say, week eight. 
and they're bad. Right. Could you see those two being fired? And then you have a yeah. whole new regime coming in with Justin Fields. Do we know if they believe in Justin Fields? Listen, I'm not the biggest Justin Fields believer, but this can get shaky for this kid, especially if they get rid of the coach and the GM, because th- that's the tie right there. I agree. That's the Those I are mean, the ties. Uh, if they get rid of them, it's really sketchy. I think those are two guys, especially Ryan Pace, that they're, they're long overdue for their jobs to be taken from them. Um, Ryan Pace is – I've never seen someone get two chances to pick a franchise quarterback, to be honest yeah. with you. So. The timing of this isn't good. They should have fired him. It's the same thing with Dave Gettleman. The Giants shouldn't have – you know, the Giants should have let Dave Gettleman walk the second they let Pat Shermer walk. It's not It's not a good situation. Right. Same thing with the Jets. Well, not really with the Jets, but you, you know well, what with I mean. With Mike McCadden, they did that. They hired the new coach. Um. And then they fired him after the draft too, which was bizarre. Yeah, but I was I was thinking of it the opposite way. Like Douglas should have like fired Gaze, but didn't Gaze like help get Douglas here? He's basically hired Douglas, which is yeah. the weirdest part because the GM usually hires a coach, not the other way yeah. around. Well, good thing Gaze actually did something good there. Yeah, if he did, all right. Let's move. Do we need to talk about anybody else? Uh, oh, we have to talk about the division. Uh, I think the listen. The Packers are going to be the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is still there. Right. This is going to be their last run at this, I believe. Um, I think Rodgers is out after this year, whether it's retirement, whether he goes to another team. I think the Vikings just missed the playoffs. I think the Vikings can be good. I think they're going to have a nice offense. I like Kirk, but Kirk's another guy that's not vaccinated. That could be a big issue. And, and, you know, we know how Kirk can be. He's not the most consistent guy. So he, he gets a bad rap. Kirk, he he can play he Kirk. His numbers are good. Um, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And they just miss. And we don't have time at the Lions. This is – the Vikings are a team that I've liked for a while, and they disappointed me. I mean, I think me and yeah. on the same page last year. We thought they last year. had potential potential to go really far. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're not as good as we thought. Um, that defense – is not good. No, it's not. If it's because there were some decent names on that defense, but it's not good. If they step up this year, if they, we know the offense is going to be good. They can make, they can do some damage. Right. Uh, I, I love Mike Zimmer. I think he's a top NFL coach. But um, do we forget him in our coach power rankings? That that's I would badness. not put Mike Zimmer in the top five. If that's what you're saying. No, but maybe in the top ten. I don't even know if I put him in the top ten. I did a top ten list. Maybe I don't know. Uh, that's not that's a bad a mess lot of good coaches there are a lot of good coaches all right let's move over to the nfc south where i've got the tampa bay buccaneers finishing at 14 and three you know they got a uh, actually I, I keep wanting to talk about each team but i forget we're just going through the list yeah. so you stop me next time i forget all right. All, right. all right so first tampa bay buccaneers 14 and three coming in second i've got the new orleans saints at eight and nine Coming in third, I've got the Atlanta Falcons at eight and nine as well. And then coming in fourth, I've got the Carolina Panthers led by Sam Darnold at six and 11. All right. Coming in first, I have the Tampa Bay Bucks at 14 and three. Coming in second, I have the New Orleans Saints at 10 and seven. Okay. Coming in third, I have the Atlanta Falcons seven and 10. And coming in last, I have the Carolina Panthers at four and 13. Wow, low for your boy Sam Darnold there. Yeah, not not loving the Panthers. I think really not have, loving the Panthers. They have some good young players on that team, 
but I think the overall roster and the depth are not so hot. I think the defense is going to take a step. I think that I think that's part of my reasoning in getting them to like six wins. I think Darnold will be, you know, okay. You know, I don't know if he's the guy there, but they have pieces on offense that I think that, you he know can what work is, with. That offensive line is just horrible. It's not good. It's it's not good. So it's a project. I, I trust Matt Rule though. I do. I, I think Matt Rule is going to be a good coach. So we'll we'll, listen, we'll see. Down- they play in a good division. I think hands down the most interesting team in this division has got to be the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Drew Brees is gone, and now you got Jameis Winston ready to take the the reins and see what he can do. Taysom Hill, how's he gonna, you know, uh, how does he fit into this team? And then Michael Thomas, there's been drama with him about him getting traded. He's hurt. He's not even gonna be ready to play the first six games at least of the season, but. I'm I'm high on this team. I have them going ten and seven. I have them making the playoffs. Um, and here's my reasoning for it. I actually I like Jameis Winston. I don't think he's you know a, a top ten quarterback, but I think he's a uh, a talented quarterback. You know we've seen him throw for five thousand yards, and he's a gunslinger. He threw thirty right. that year, but he also threw thirty three touchdowns. So he's a gunslinger. But my kind of kind of my reasoning is a the coaching. Sean Payton's a great coach, but so you have that. And then Drew Brees, what was Drew Brees his last couple of years in New Orleans? He wasn't the Drew Brees that we know. He was, he was not Drew Brees in his prime. He was Drew Brees at 40 years old. He, he lost his downfield accuracy was dreadful. Um, couldn't throw deep passes. Really. They actually had a right. place where they brought Jameis in just for the purpose of throwing a deep ball. So I think this roster is still pretty good and they have, you know, obviously got Sean Payton still there and the good coaching staff. So 10 and seven. Yeah. You know, I I'm sick of the saints. So am I. I'm so sick of them. I'm so sick of them. I'm going to predict that they are going to take the step back. Uh, I, I think their defense has kind of been, I don't think their defense was very good last season. It wasn't like top to the point where they're going to carry them. I don't like their offense. I, I, it wasn't good last year. You're right. I don't think it's going to be that much better. So I'm going to say eight, nine. I, you know, the Bucks didn't get off to that really hot start. So I think two wins right there are taken right. away. I think, I think the Bucks beat them twice. So yeah. I, yeah, eight, nine, I think it's fair. I also think the Falcons are going to be pesky. I think they're going to yeah. be really good uh, offensively, obviously. Calvin Ridley the boy. Uh, and I think Matt Ryan's going to have a nice year. And obviously Kyle Pitts is going to be big time for them. Uh, defensively, they might be iffy, but I think they're going to get in the shootouts and their luck's got to turn right at some yeah, point, like that the blowing games, like their record should be a lot better than it has the past few years. So I think the luck will turn there. They I think they'll the win some of these now. games. So Arthur, Smith, yes. let's see how he helps that out. Um Yeah. I'm high on Ridley. You're high on Ridley. I think Matt Ryan's getting disrespected lately. Honestly, I don't think Matt Ryan's the Matt Ryan we normally know, but some people are, uh, you know, trying to write this guy out of town. Um, And I don't think he's at that point yet. I think he's still a productive quarterback in this league. So, yeah, I I, I like the Falcons this year to make a little noise. Nope, not playoffs, but they'll they'll make a little noise. Completely agreed, and obviously. 
Tampa Bay Bucks are the Tampa Bay Bucks. When you return everybody from a dominant Super Bowl performance, right? First place is first place. Right. Let's move over to the best division in football, the NFC West. Yeah. Coming in first, I've got the San Francisco 49ers at 12 and 5. Coming in second, I've got the Los Angeles Rams finishing at 12 and 5. Coming in third, I've got the Seattle Seahawks at 10 and 7. And coming in last, I've got the it pains me, the Arizona Cardinals at 8 and 9. Might be the most interesting division of football. I mean, yeah, 100%. Bunch of great teams. Um, coming in first, I got the Los Angeles Rams at 12 and 5. Okay. Then I have the San Francisco 49ers at 11 and 6. Then the Seattle Seahawks at 10 and 7. And then the Arizona Cardinals at 9 and 8. So I literally got 12, 11, 10, 9 in win totals. Wow. So it's going to be a tight, tight race. And I think. It didn't work out this way in my uh, my little predictor game here, but could we see an entire division make the playoffs? I don't think it's completely out of the equation. It's definitely possible. They're going to have to, you know, they all play each other and beat up on each other, so it's tough. They're going to have to do some damage outside of the division, but it's, it's not impossible. I love my boy Kyler Murray out there in Arizona. I don't think they get in. Um that's really the story with them. I don't I don't know how great the offense is going to be. I think the offensive line is still a question. Running back is still a question. I don't know how their run game is going to be. Um, but defensively, they should be solid. They just they don't do a lot of things great. You know, there's not there's some there's nothing there like, oh, they're really dominant here. You know what I mean? Mm, right. That's why I don't have them in at all. Um, Seattle, I, I you know, I still believe in them. Yeah, I, I think Russell Wilson, he's just – listen, I'm not saying they're going to win the division. You know, I, I got them as a wild card, but I just think Russell's got to be consistent. Right. I, I think he's great. Right. And you're right. He does need to be – he says, I don't love Seattle. Um, I have them 10-7 and 7 just because they're all they're in it every year. Like, you yeah. know they're going to be there. So, that's really the only reason I have them. I do have them making the playoffs, yes. But – I'm not as high as that on them. I think this roster is still very flawed. Um, I don't think they have the the makeup to be a serious contender for a champion. Agreed. So I have them finishing there. And then obviously you're a tad bit higher on the 49ers than I am. I mean, you only have them winning one more game, but you have them winning the division. Um, I like the Niners. I think I love Kyle Shanahan. Um, they got really bad luck last year with injuries and everything like that. Um, not being able to play games at home, they're playing in Arizona. Um, so yeah, that team had a lot of adversity last year. I think as long as they stay healthy, that defense is going to be fantastic. And Jimmy G is he playing the whole year? Who knows? We'll see what happens, but I think Jimmy G or Trey Lance at quarterback, this team's making the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the Rams, to me, I think they're going to kind of get off to that start that the Bucks did, you know, where they start off slow with the new quarterback in Matt Stafford. They're going to figure things out, though, and I think they could be a dangerous team when it comes to playoff time. With the 49ers, man, they, they got a great coach, Kyle Shanahan. They have a tremendous offensive line. I think they've got weapons on the outside that we don't even know about yet. Uh, the run game is going to be great. And they've got a loaded defense. I think overall they have one of the top three to five best rosters in all of football. Yeah. 
And I, I think no matter who's playing quarterback, I think they're going to be able to win games. So I'm very excited to see this 49ers team play. Agreed. And, um, you know, we talk about the Rams. Yeah, Matt Stafford's in town now. So um, that only helps going from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. That defense is phenomenal. Overall, they have a great roster. I mean, the rosters in this division are just fantastic. Um, and I think they're going to be able to win the division. Super Bowl, who knows? But I, th- I think they'll be better than they were last year with Matt Stafford. All righty. So let's go over each playoff team now that we got in. We'll start in the AFC. All right. Um, you want me to go by seeding? Yeah, so one, two, three, four, All five. Right. Six, Number seven. one seed in the AFC I have is the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, Baltimore Ravens. Number three, Tennessee Titans. Number four, Buffalo Bills. Then your wild card teams. Number five, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number six, the Indianapolis Colts. And number seven, the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Okay. My number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two seed, Buffalo Bills. Number three seed, Baltimore Ravens. Number four seed, Tennessee Titans. Number five seed, Cleveland Browns. Number six seed, New England Patriots. And number seven team, number seven seed, the Los Angeles Chargers. Very nice. There we go. Okay, NFC time. All right, NFC, number one seed, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number two seed, the Los Angeles Rams. Number three seed, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Number four seed, Dallas Cowboys. Number five seed, San Francisco 49ers. Number six, um, the New Orleans Saints. And number seven, Seattle Seahawks. My number one seed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The number two seed, Green Bay Packers. The number three seed, San Francisco 49ers. The number four seed, Dallas Cowboys. Number five seed, LA Rams. Number six seed, Seattle Seahawks. And the number seven seed, the Washington football team. So me and you have the same exact playoff teams, except you have Washington, I have New Orleans, and then in the AFC – you have New England, and I have Indianapolis. Yes, it's pretty good. So there we go. We're right. We're right on par there. Division winners. We did we go eight for eight? No, you had San Francisco. That was the only one, I think. Yes, that's the only. Uh, yeah, it's the only one. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Seven out of eight. I am shocked thinking... that you did not pick the Colts because you've been Mister Colts the whole offseason. And I know you explained it, but I'm still surprised. I did the research. I I, I really did some digging. And you're listen, I mean, you're a big I, Frank Wright guy. You're I know. You like you some Colts. Well, I can get burned here, but no after doing some research, I, I you go through the schedule. I don't like their matchups. I'm like, maybe they aren't that great. And I don't think they are. Offensively, I think Wentz might struggle a little bit. I could definitely see that happening. All right, so let's go on to the playoff. This should be exciting. All right, so oof, I got to go by, like, matchups and everything. So are you on the so web- why don't you go- the website do it for you? Yes, so go to the – so when you're on week 18, hit next. All right. 
and now pick your games. God forbid we did this hours ago. Okay, take it easy. All right, so in All the right, AFC. Will... What? Let me start. All right, go I'll ahead. start. I'll show you how we're doing it. Okay, so this is the wild card round. So I've got the – so the matchups are the Cleveland Browns will go to the Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots will go to Baltimore, and the Los Angeles Chargers will go to Buffalo. I've got the Browns upsetting the Titans, going to the Titans. The five-seed Browns will take over, beat the Tennessee Titans. I've got the number six seed, New England Patriots, upsetting the number three seed, Baltimore Ravens. And I've got the Buffalo Bills taking care of business at home to move on to the divisional round, and the Bills will beat the Chargers. All right. Um, First round. Ravens-Browns, nice little division matchup. Wow, that'll be nice. That Um, would be nice. Ravens winning that game. Then I got um, Titans-Colts, another divisional matchup. Wow. Titans are going to take that one. And then Bills-Chargers. The Buffalo Bills get upset. Wow. In Orchard Park, and the Los Angeles Chargers are marching on. Wow. Um, you, did you do NFC? Sorry. Of course I did. I got I to gotta announce my NFC, but I of course I did it. I'm all prepared. Go ahead, Michael. Okay. I've got the Los Angeles Rams upsetting the number four seed Dallas Cowboys moving on to the divisional round. I've got the San Francisco 49ers taking care of business against their division rival, the Seattle Seahawks. The three seed moves on to the divisional round. And then I've got the Washington football team taking on the Green Bay Packers. And I got the Packers taking care of business. The two seed beats the seven seed to move on to the divisional round. All righty. Los Angeles Rams hosting the Seattle Seahawks. That's a Los Angeles Rams victory. The Packers hosting the New Orleans Saints. Packers move on. And the Dallas Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, I think, outcoached the Cowboys in this game. And, um, Unfortunately, as much as I'm all over the boys this year, I think their uh, their magical season, if you want to call it that, ends there and the Niners advance. Cowgirls out. Oh. All righty. The divisional round. Just click next. You got the next round right there on the yep. website. Gotcha. Okay. The Cleveland Browns will travel to Buffalo. And their dreams won there. The Buffalo Bills, the two seed, will take care of business to move on to the AFC Championship game. The New England Patriots will go to Kansas City, and they'll lose a tough one. The magical season for Mac Jones will end there. Kansas City, the one seed, will move on to play the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game. All right. Um, The Chiefs against the Chargers. A nice little divisional matchup again. You win the divisional matchups. Chiefs take care of business. Then the so they go to the AFC Championship game. And then the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Tennessee Titans, a matchup we have seen now three years in a row at this wow. point. Wow. Um, and this is the rubber game, I guess you could call it. And the Ravens sure. the Ravens take care of business. And we got a nice little Ravens Chiefs AFC championship game. I've been wanting to see this in the playoffs, this matchup for a long time. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of people have been calling for this one. And I think it happens this year. Well, I hope you're right because that would be – oh, actually, I don't hope you're right because mm. my team would be out. But that would be interesting. 
Okay. NFC side. The San Francisco 49ers will travel to Green Bay Ooh, and uh, beat, hold on. beat the Packers. The San Francisco 49ers, the three seed, will move on to the NFC championship game. The dreams end there for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And then the number five seed Rams will travel over to Tampa Bay and get crushed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will move on in a dominant fashion to the NFC championship game to take on the San Francisco 49ers. All right. The Green Bay Packers go to LA. Same matchup as last year, but this time it's in Los Angeles. And I think Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer happens this weekend and the Rams advance to the NFC championship game. Um, I think it'll be a real good game, but I think it ends there. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the San Francisco 49ers. Another great game. Bucks end up coming out with the victory going and they face the Rams in the NFC championship game. Very nice. What's your final four right now? So my final four is the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nice. I got the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs and then the um, Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go. Your side for the AFC. In the AFC, for the first time in Lamar Jackson's career, he advances to the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens take care of business against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Yeah, no no three appearances in a row for the Chiefs. Wow. I agree with you. Only I think the Buffalo Bills will move on to the Super Bowl. No three appearances for the Chiefs. I think the Bills' defense is improved. I think Josh Allen's a stud. I think Sean McDermott's a great coach. And they will move on. A magical season for the Buffalo Bills. And on on the other side, the San Francisco 49ers will not go to Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will get back to the Super Bowl and have another dominant season. And Tom Brady will be in another Super Bowl. Um, yes, he will. I also agree. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Los Angeles Rams and advancing to the Super Bowl. Your Super Bowl winner. My Super Bowl winner. I think the Baltimore Ravens get it done. Wow. The Lombardi trophy and Lamar Jackson finally puts all the haters to sleep and proves that he is a quarterback who is winning and is here to stay in the national football league there you go well i got tom brady not winning another one josh allen will pull off the upset in the super bowl that's music to my ears yeah the bills no tom brady not winning. oh the buffalo bills for the first time will win a super bowl Look at It'll dramatic. be a magical season. I, I, I know. I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. I really hope it happens for this team. But, I, yeah, I've got the Bills winning the Super Bowl here. Look at that. So, we both got the Bucks losing in the uh, Super Bowl, and we have a 2018 quarterback winning the Super Bowl, but just yes. two different ones. Exactly. Very nice. 
Love All right, it. you want to you want to get to our awards here? Let's get to the awards. Okay, I want you to start with the MVP. All right, my MVP. As much as I wanted to go with a Rogers or a Mahomes or whatever, don't cry. Well, nobody's nobody's here to to hear that. I got Dak Prescott coming out and wow. winning the MVP of the National Football League. This guy, before he got hurt last year, was putting up video game-esque numbers. I mean, passing for 450 yards a game, basically. Um, That high-powered offense, I think they're going to be in some high-scoring games. He's going to have to put up some big stats. Um, So, yeah, I think he's he throws to Amari and and C.D. Lamb all year and hands off to Zeke and rides into a, a Most Valuable Player award. Very nice, Dak Prescott. Probably be a comeback player of the year, too. Oh, yeah, easily. My MVP, it'll be right on par. Josh Allen. I think if it's possible for him to take a next step, I think he will. I think he's that good. Mm -hmm. Not right there. Just say that. You just cut out real quick. I did cut out, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think Allen takes – if it's possible, takes that next step. And I, you know, I, I really do see him as that second best quarterback after this season, um, right behind Patrick Mahomes, no disrespect to Rogers. I just think Allen's right now, I would say Rogers, but at the end of the season, I think we're going to say, say Allen as the second best bold bold is right. My defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. I think Bosa comes back from that injury. Big time year. Um, that he plays on a great defensive line, and I think he's going to get the numbers this year. I think he's so dominant. You know, the sack numbers don't have to be there. The pressures are what, you know, the real people look for. Right. And I think they'll all be there. I, I think real, they'll have all people. the numbers. Yeah, the real smart people. Real, oh, God. Um, I, I, the real smart people will look for those numbers, and I think Bosa gets it. Yeah, I considered Nick Bosa for my defensive player of the year. Oh, why don't you cry? Um, I'm going with a different um, pass rusher, another extremely high pick, number one overall pick. Actually, Miles Garrett, I have yeah. winning the defensive player of the year. Um, just scary dude, real scary dude. Um, can get to the quarterback in a hurry, and I think he he locks up the defensive player of the year. What about your say- uh, offensive player of the year? You know how you asked me, you were like. You going chalk or are you trying to be interesting? And I said, I'm trying to be interesting, mm-hmm. right? My offensive player of the year, Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Holy you know how much God. I like me some Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. The offensive line is very good. I think he's going to have a lot of volume in that offense. I think it's his backfield, obviously. I, you know, whether it's, you know, in the passing game or they're running the ball, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, with Carson Wentz back there, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big, big time season. And I think he's going to win some people, some fantasy leagues. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, there are some guys on this list that I just didn't put there, but like, I kind of just wanted to throw their names out there. Like for the defensive player of the year, I put miles Garrett, but if I could just throw in a little dark horse candidate, I really like Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers, and I think he finally breaks out this year in his third year and, like, goes crazy. It's a little, yeah. A little bold, but that's all I'm saying. And then for this, I have – I got Devontae Adams winning Offensive Player of the Year. 
Um, I think him and Rodgers are going to go off together this year. Rodgers is going to probably be his last year. Devontae Adams is probably be his last year. He's going to be a free agent. So I think Rodgers says, here, go get yourself a payday. I'm going to feed you the ball all year. Devontae Adams wins Offensive Player of the Year. And my uh, sleeper for that, I'd say, is a little uh, another league winner. Um, Calvin Ridley. Love me some Calvin Ridley. Absolutely. Love Calvin Ridley. You should have went bold. You should have went bold. You should have said Calvin. Eh, I think Devontae Adams, nice 18, 20 touchdowns, something crazy like that. I think he's capable of doing it. All righty. Offensive rookie of the year. You want to go? You want me to go? Go ahead. So I actually switched this three times. I had Trey Lance. And then I was like, I don't know how much playing time Trey Lance is going to get. And then I put Trevor Lawrence. And while I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a massive, massive year, I mean, I think Lawrence is going to put up big numbers. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to win games. The guy I see actually winning games and the guy I see getting votes is Mac Jones. So I'm going to say Mac Jones in that system, he's going to work. He's going to be very good. And I think Mac Jones is going to win the offensive rookie of the year. All right. I actually didn't go the quarterback route here as much as I'd love to throw my boy, Zach Wilson. You didn't throw your boy, Zach Wilson. No, I have Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers winning the offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think he's going to get the ball shoved down his throat this year. That offensive line's a little sketchy, but he can catch, he can run, he can do everything. He's ultra talented, scary dude. Um, so yeah, I, I think Najee will be able to win the rookie of the year. That's what they say about me, ultra talented. Really? Yeah. As in they, you mean like delusional people or? Uh, here we go. All right, give me your defensive rookie of the year. So my defensive rookie of the year, this was a really weak draft class defensively. Um, I mean, the first defender taken off the board was the eighth pick, ninth pick, whatever. Um, so I, I got a little bold here. I'm going, um, oh, my God. I always forget how to pronounce his name. Can you, can you help me out here? J-O-K of the uh, Cleveland Browns, Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu. Owusu something. I don't even want to. Try and pronounce it, but him, yeah, yeah, I got good him pick. He's uh, I think he's a nice little dark horse. He was a guy who was projected to be a first round pick, kind of slipped in the draft. Um, and I think the Browns defense looks real nice this year. You got Miles Garrett winning defensive player of the year, and then you got him defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, there you go. He's a like a little dark horse candidate. A, a lot of people, Koromoa. Yes, is exactly how you pronounce it. I guess. Look, look at you being smart. Yeah, you yeah. know. I try. Yeah, sometimes. All right. My defensive rookie of the year might be a little chalk. I got Micah Parsons. I think he's <laughs> going to make a massive difference on this Dallas Cowboys defense. And, you know, the publicity, the, you know, Dallas Cowboys stars get. I, I do think he's a really good player, though. He's um, a sideline to sideline type guy. Um, and I think he's going to really make that defense better. And I think Dan Quinn's going to put him in good situations as a defensive coordinator over there in Dallas. I don't hate that. All right. Coach of the year. My coach of the year. Um, I think we all know that the coach of the year doesn't really necessarily go to the coach of the year. It's kind of like that surprise team that gets in the playoffs or something like that. So um, I got Brandon Staley his first year with the Los Angeles Chargers winning the coach of the year. 
Look, yeah, I, lo- I love Brandon Staley. I think he's going to have a nice career over there in um, L.A. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope, I hope so for my boy Justin Herbie, too. Yeah. Um, my coach of the year, Kyle Shanahan. I think uh, he's going to win the division. I think they're going to have a great year, and I think he's going to be forced to do a lot of different things, especially with the, the quarterback position. If he can win with two quarterbacks, that's going to be a lot of credit to him. So I don't think they're going to have a choice but to give it to him. Is that a, a conclusion to all our awards that, and everything? That's a conclusion. That just, was. I feel like we just flew through that. I don't feel. I don't feel that way. I think really? we uh, we took a lot of time. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I was looking forward to this a lot and had a good time. It was good. I'm I'm kind of surprised. We were really we really had a lot of similar thoughts there. Yeah, I know. Well, we're both very smart, handsome young yes. men. So right, yeah. Italian as well. Yes. Um, so I think it kind of, of course we're going to have that, you know, that's sometimes a problem. I'm like, that's why first take works and all that stuff, because if you can't put two smart people across from each other, like that, you got to put two yeah. idiots, right? You got to put Skip Bayless. Imagine if Skip Bayless and like Max Kellerman were on the same show. I'd shoot myself. Oh, you know, look, you got Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin right well, now. Yeah. We're going to get a little off topic here, but I got to bring this up. Colin Coward made a point today where, you know, we were talking about Tony Romo's all over Zach Wilson. Yeah. So Tony Romo said Zach Wilson is going to be a top three quarterback in the NFL in the next couple of years is what he said. Yeah. So bold, but you know, whatever. Um, Colin Coward goes, Tony Romo, there's a 0% chance that happens. And I'll tell you why Zach Wilson does not, isn't going to be winning next couple of years. You need to be winning in order to be considered a top quarterback. Pat Mahomes, he wasn't considered a winning quarterback until um, the Chiefs started winning games. I was like, what? He's like, take away the winning. Pat Mahomes would be a Matt Stafford, a guy who just puts up numbers and doesn't win. I'm like, did this guy really just compare Pat Mahomes and Matt Stafford? And then he made it even worse by throwing Jameis Winston's name into the mix and saying, Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards, threw for 30-something touchdowns, and, you know, the, the the Buccaneers just let him walk. You know why? Because he didn't win. I was like, he kind of left out the part where Jameis threw 30 interceptions. It's kind of important. So, yeah, Colin, Colin Coward's a clown. You know I like me some Colin Coward, right? Yeah, I don't know how. He's a clown. He's entertaining. I like his um, daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so do I. Um <laughs> I think Cowherd's wrong here. I do think that the winning has definitely helped Pat Mahomes. I, I can agree to that. I can also agree with him where if Zach Wilson isn't winning, I don't think you can consider him a top three quarterback. No, I, I agree I, there. I think it Compa- helps you're right with the comparison. You can't compare Pat Mahomes' talent level. No, but to... I think it helps Mahomes because everybody wants to call him the baby goat and the next Brady. Everybody wants to look for the next Brady. So, yeah, the fact that he won a Super Bowl and the Chiefs are so good, it helps him in that way. But, you know, I think I think Deshaun Watson, I think a lot of people think Deshaun Watson is the top five quarterback in the league, and they just went 4-13. and 13. He had the best year, 4-12. and 12. He had the best season of his career. So Yeah, but not you see Watson dropping on lists, though. Like it's well, not that might be like, because he's got 22 women accusing him of uh, sexual assault. 
you're right. That could also do it. But when he was winning, we were talking about him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But when you look at the stats, winning helps. Winning helps a lot. I understand that. Winning helps everything. But I think you could be a top quarterback in this league and not necessarily have to be, you know, in the AFC NFC championship every week. Time will tell who's right, Colin Cowherd or Tony Romo. Colin Cowherd tomorrow night. I don't want to plug any podcast or any other podcast or anything, but on the Volume Sports Network, his uh, podcast network, he's going to have Eli and Peyton on. That's going to drop tomorrow. So can't wait for that. Nice. One whole Joe Judge. And one idiot. Oh. So, um, Eli the Hall of Famer and Peyton the Idiot. Nope. All right. So um, that's going to do it for episode 31 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I had a great time doing the NFL predictions. Um, Wait, real you quick. You want to send us what? Box boys, what What are you picking the spread? Right. What do you want? I'm going to – I'm taking the boys plus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I'd hammer that. I I, yeah. I, I, I think the Bucs are going to – I think the Bucs this season – I don't think they're going to start off slow like they did because I think they're going to win a lot of games. But I think in the beginning, you know, it's an old roster coming back. Super Bowl hangover a little bit. A little. Not that they're losing bad games, though, just that they're not maybe covering spreads here, that they're not blowing teams out in the beginning. I think they'll get to that point where they're really dominant, but not in the beginning. I think the Bucs win this game, but I agree. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus seven and a half. I think it's a really good game. So do I. Seven and a half, way that's, too that's much. Big. And even a, and a backdoor cover, too. We're going to be doing picks. We're going to have a little picks um, system we're going to do. Um, we'll explain that all on Thursday when we make our picks. But I'm very excited for Thursday and the weekend. Mm-hmm. A big week. Fantasy. I got two fantasy drafts the next two days. I know you do, too. I got three. So you got three. You got two tomorrow, no? Two tomorrow and uh, one Wednesday. Brutal, but. Hey, that's what we do. It's a draft day. You got to love draft days. Exactly. So that'll do it for episode 31. We will talk to you guys later in the week. Have a good one.